0: Welcome to Idol Weekend. I'm Danielle Riendo, and I'm here with my co host Rob Zachney to wind down another week. In this week, we're talking about something joyous and happy, which is a sort of gaming renaissance, a sort of sense of, hey, it's really fun and exciting and interesting to be playing games right now. So, Rob, I don't know how you feel about this. I suspect I know how you feel about this, but I certainly go through highs and lows with gaming in general. Like, there are just times where I'm like, You know, I'm playing stuff for work and I'm totally, you know, interested in things and and interested in, in, oh, I want to cover this and, oh, I, you know, I should play this to cover it. But, you know, there are times where I feel like I'm going through the motions a little bit. And then there are times where I'm like, I can't wait to get home and play this. Or or if it's like a a you know, a DS game or something, I'm like, I can't wait till I can take a little like lunch break and play this. And that has well, been it, me lately,
1: for sure. It's hard sometimes to be able to turn off that part of yourself that's always looking at all your playtime as like some kind of work output. Yeah. Right? Like, okay, well I'm gonna play this and that'll be cool, sure. But I also need to then write four hundred to eight hundred words on like what I got out of that experience. And it's sometimes easy to like just not be in tune with that part of you that's like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yes. I'm just gonna like, you know, turn off the phone and lock the door and play this for like an hour and a half or however much, and not even care like if it turns into anything. Yeah. It's just for me. That and when you get back into touch with that, like, oh, it's so good.
0: Yes, this is the feeling where it's like, oh yeah, I my life is fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, like, because right. okay, I I I love my job. I I. I Feel like I I make a, I feel like I make it clear that I have a lot of gratitude to do the thing that I do. But there are definitely times where you get a little burned out and a little tired, and you get a little burned out and a little tired even playing games that are ostensibly pretty cool. So when it's like, fuck yeah, man, you're playing things you love. Oh, it's just it's just beautiful. It's like you're young again. So here's a question for you. Yes,
1: is this just something that like for you is happening? a bit like a comet on its sort of routine passage through the cosmos of your life <laughs> or has, have the games been good to you? And is the, is there a game or two that have uh, brought you to this, to to this almost like childlike innocence yeah. towards, towards gaming?
0: There sure have. So I, I've been playing Zelda. I've talked about it a lot. I'm actually almost at a point where I'm a little mad at the game right now because i like it so much (laughs) Mm. and i haven't had this feeling in a an incredibly incredibly long time but i'm enjoying it so much that i'm getting frustrated because it's like i don't want to play anything else like there there are definitely even other things that i'm enjoying right now like i've been playing everything this sort of new funky weird david o'reilly game i've been playing near automata which i think is really cool. It's like a really really cool and interesting action game with sort of this amazing style and this amazing take on AI and what it is to be a person and 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 all these sort of heady sci-fi questions. So I want to be playing more of those other things because they're cool. But I like Zelda so much that I'm like given the choice in my actual sort of relaxing play time, you know, not when I'm on camera or, you know, kind of playing something for work, I'm just going to play Zelda. I'm just going to play hours and hours and hours of Zelda. Ah, uh, uh, so of the Wild, is, yeah.
1: Zelda is kind of your uh, Calypso and your Odysseus. Yes. And and like, yeah, it's nice. Like, you're, <laughs> like you know, the, you're kind of in love with each other and the sex is great. And yeah. you're just sort of hanging out in this like uh, paradisical island. But at the same time, you're kind of being a captive now. Totally. And okay. And like you're a willing captive. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like.
0: Eh, I've got other things I want to be doing. Those other islands look nice, too. I know they're nice because I've been there for a brief time, <laughs> but I just keep coming back. But you back. just can't. <laughs> yes. It's just, I can't. And it's funny. It's not, like, a real problem, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, God damn it. Stop being so good. Like, I'm almost willing for it to be like, all right, Danielle, you're done. Like, you, you did it. You're done. You, you've seen everything. You've done everything. Okay, we're done now. But there's so much stuff in that game, and I actually want to do all of it. And this is the first open world game where I've actually wanted to do everything since The Witcher, which we've also talked about. But
1: And yet they're yeah. so very different. So different. There's such different approaches yeah. to open worlds, right? Like The Witcher is just like a massive, sprawling, non nonlinear, like fictional space yeah. that you can go explore. But it's not like it's not really a dynamic world uh right. in in a lot of senses uh, and it, it, it you you still are go- basically going to be going to these places and fulfilling these quests and that's just kind of a little bit rote whereas like zelda seems like there's a lot more dynamism to it yeah. and there's a lot more um ways you can interact with the world and make it interact with itself
0: yes it feels like an actual sandbox and i know that was the term we we, we used before open-world games, and I think it's more appropriate here. Like, an, an actual sandbox where the things all physically interact in fascinating ways, and unexpected ways, and wonderful and surprising ways. So, yeah, it's... Oh, God, it's so good. I, I'm mad at this game for being so good, but it's so good. And it's, uh... So, I mean, it's good for a lot of reasons that I actually can articulate beyond just saying it's good. Uh, but I think it's that element of surprise and that element of of sort of interaction on that level and like systemic interaction but it still feels whimsical in a good way and it still feels somehow the pacing you know actually feels really 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 good even though it's self-directed and I think that is the sort of genius of that game no matter what you do it's going to be fun and there's going to be different options available to you you're never actually just doing all the races quote-unquote or all the you know, all the tower missions or, or whatever. Everything is sort of its own little puzzle, its own little thing to figure out with multiple valid solutions. And that's that's what's making it stick, I think, so much.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in, in that aspect of it, because usually when you've sunk this much time into a game... It can sometimes feel like you, you you've seen its tricks. You you yeah. see how things can be made to interact with each other. You know how you know the combinations that are possible in the game, and it's starting to pale as a space to explore.
0: Yeah, typically that
1: doesn't seem to be happening here. And so I'm curious, like, what is? And, and I'm going to be unfair, and so you have to narrow it down to one thing. Okay. Because you can't. The answer can't be, oh, it's all good. <laughs> we gotta i really wanna like pin down here what's what's keeping you coming back and back and back like is it is it dungeons is it just uh you know the 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 beauty of of exploring the space is it still seeing like new stuff and encountering like new things that you didn't know existed in this world like what's what's happening here and yeah. you know as we as we approach or pass our one oh, hundred
0: no probably at this point. <laughs> Um I would have to say I would have to say it's the sense that there are no bad choices. Any direction I go in, I'm going to find something that I personally find interesting and fun to do. Whether it is that exploration, I'm going to actually find new things every time. Now, I'm sure that will eventually run out. There there's no it's not an infinite universe certainly, but still many many dozens of hours into it, I'm still finding new things. I'm still finding like a new island or a new mountain peak. And there's something everywhere. There's something that actually is fun to interact with everywhere. I'm having so much fun in the shrines. I'm having so much fun in the actual sort of story dungeons, even though there are pretty few of them. I think there's only four main ones and then probably go to the end. I haven't even done the end game yet. Not even close. Like I'm having too much fun fucking around and also doing sort of all the, the small dungeons, the shrines. Um <sighs> just playing around with things like I, I'm trying to now solve things in ways that are not necessarily intended to be solved or not not that they're like completely wacky but hey what what about this what if this works what if I can get to this ledge using this item instead of the way it was sort of intended and that's so much fun it's like we're doing little science experiments with Zelda you know so it's that general sense of there's no bad decisions like everywhere I go there will be something cool and that's incredibly incredibly hard to do and incredibly incredibly rare
1: see this is dangerous because you're catching me also on an upswing with games yeah and i'm like i wonder if i could find a switch today i'll bet i could oh man i'll bet i could go get a switch today but then i'm like oh no i can't do that because like the last thing i can afford is just to get like go plummeting down this rabbit oh yeah um so so has it been zelda that sort of created this this moment this this renaissance for you like did zelda come along take you by the hand and lead you into her wonderful world of games
0: i mean she or were you
1: already primed
0: she did but i was somewhat primed because i had previously been so obsessed with punch club like (laughs) a month and a half ago really that i was like i think i was ready to fall in love again you know, I was ready I, because I, I was seriously obsessed with that. I was playing that everywhere I could go. And it helps that it's a 3DS game so I could actually bring it to work. And if I was like, I'm going to take a little 20-minute Punch Club break and, you know, beat that and did all the extra stuff in that game and just loved it to death, honestly. Uh, I, so I think I was ready. I was ready to fall in love again. But Zelda, so so Punch Club was the warm-up, right? It was, it was the jumping some rope, hitting the heavy bag, getting ready. And Zelda is the is getting in the ring and being like, "Let's do this. Let's let's go toe to toe. Me in a game, just all the way. Just beautiful. Let's dance."
1: See, this is interesting because, like, for me, it's nothing quite so transcendent. For me, it's more like it's kind of trash can eclair. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Like. So there's there's a few things going on right now, but I think the the fundamental thing happening for me is that I just started foraging for, like, stuff that I've always sort of meant to play. Mm. And am going in some weird directions that are a little bit, like, not what I would typically consider my kinds of games. And, uh... Might as well get into this. Um yeah. so the other the other week, uh Mike Diver on Waypoint wrote a thing about Persona Five's art style. Yes. And it's a good piece and the game does look sensational. But also the things Mike was saying just about the Persona series started to intrigue me. Like it you know, because I've been on that I've been on this archie kick. Yeah. Like this whole like oh like cool fictionalized like awesome high schools, where kids <laughs> go on adventures. Like it'll scratch that that long dormant Jupiter Jones uh, itch if, oh. if anyone read the uh, Young Detectives uh, series, uh, Alfred, Hitchcock's, Very nice. Alfred Hitchcock's Alfred uh, Hitchcock's Young Sleuth series. Um, well presented by Alfred Hitchcock, yeah, right. Right. Them. Uh, but anyway, so. In the process of him talking at Persona 5, which sounds extraordinary, naturally, like the dumbass I am, <laughs> like with just days until Persona 5 is like released here. I'm like, I'll bet now is the time to play Persona
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many people have, have privately come up to me and be like, wow, Ralph started at Waypoint and now he's into Persona. This is so good. You're doing such a good job. And I'm like, it wasn't it, even me.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, there is probably a waypoint element to all this. Like, literally, the first thing I edited at Waypoint was a thing about horny cats. Good. So, Good. Yes. I yes. mean, there's there's probably there is something in the water uh, at this <laughs> at this outlet. But the other the other thing is this. So I I just I I posed on Twitter this this notion that like. Okay, I'm kind of I'm persona curious.
0: <laughs> You're being curious, okay, good.
1: There's a lot of people who showed up for that. They were like, "Oh, let me tell you." Oh yeah. And uh, one of them, uh, somebody I've been chatting with for a few, uh, a few years on Twitter and everything, one of them is like, "Oh, I'll just I'll send you mine," which was a lie. It what <laughs> what they actually meant was, <laughs> I'm going to get your address and then I'm going to order you everything you need from Amazon. And just send it to you. Oh, my God. So uh, I don't know if I can identify this person, That's so I'm not going to give a name friend. here. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so last Saturday, um, Persona and a PSTV showed up. Wow. And uh, it became Persona Saturday. And <laughs> I went in. like So this is the thing. I just was like, OK, I'll just hook this up. I'll see if it works. OK, I'll play through the tutorial. Do you know how long the tutorial is? In a Persona game. Do you know when it finally sort of takes its hands off the uh, handlebars? Like
0: ten hours in. (laughs) Yup. So
1: so last Saturday, I start playing this. And the other thing is this. I didn't realize that, like, Persona's kind of like half anime. Yes. Like, there's some really well-drawn, like, anime cutscenes. that Like, if they were on a show, you'd be like, this is damn good stylish art. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, oh. Hold on, I was like, I was like the dean in Community when he's watching the sexy uh, Dalmatian video, and he's like, "I hope this doesn't awaken anything." And then for the rest of the series is kind of got a weird Dalmatian fetish. That was me, like playing this game. I was like, "Oh, this is this is interesting. I don't, I don't know what's going so on here." Uh, and the other weird thing is just, it's just, it's so not my kind of game, but for some reason. It is now. I don't know what changed. Like it's a JRPG. Like it's it's got it's got all the standard like battle mechanics, all the stuff. Um, the music is kind of infuriatingly grating.
0: Sure. Uh,
1: there's just there's not enough of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I just kind of can't stop going through the routines of this like high schooler's life and remembering I gotta go to work on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when it's not raining and go to practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, and then go into these adventures. And I think the other element is as PS1-ish as a lot of the graphics look and is sort of like smarmy as some of the music can be at times. yeah. The game has kind of a cool vibe. Yeah, uh, it does. That really like. So one of my favorite devices in all of fiction is when a group of people are gathered, like a British mystery, right? Where it's like, <laughs> oh, you've all been gathered in this one place, and now the storm rolls in and the bridge is out and we're all trapped here. It's it's you know, very, very uh, you know, ten little Indians yes. uh type type story. Um that is kind of persona. You're, you're a kid from the city off in the small town, a pretty idyllic small town, but like it's a city full of like long pouring rainstorms and then like menacing fog and mysterious disappearances. <laughs> and I'm always up for that. Oh like, yeah. And so here I am, Danielle, like <laughs> I don't have time to be playing this, but I'm like 13 hours into persona.
0: <laughs> it is definitely. So I have not played it, but I know a lot about it because it is my girlfriend's favorite game of all time forever. It's, it's the, she told me her experience with it. She played it for like 90 hours Cried, and then immediately, immediately started up a new game. That was oh, like shit. her experience with it. So I've always been like, "All right, somebody's going to so talk." Who was her favorite this.
1: character? Is this someone I met yet or no? Uh,
0: wait. Who? What?
1: Does she have a favorite character?
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Chie.
1: The yeah, girl who loves That's steak. interesting because Chie, Chie is totally you.
0: Yeah. See, that's by the way, you know, apparently. Okay. So okay, apparently so that's that may all makes sense to people when I tell them.
1: That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, because like I met Chia and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like Danielle's in this game. It's
0: me only, except for the steak thing. Doesn't she really like steak or something? It's okay. We we can have everyone a small really difference.
1: Likes, everyone likes steak in this game. Okay, Like that's everyone's fine. like the local, like basically the um the local delicacy is a shish kebab with steak. I got you on it. So, so that's, that's that's fine.
0: Yeah. Yes, but no.
1: Beyond that, it's like all jockey all the time.
0: Perfect.
1: Um. Yeah. It's it's awesome and really also kind of it. kind of violent. Not in a, not in a mean way, but like just enjoys like whooping ass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That. Yep. That sounds sure sure sounds like me.
1: Yeah. Wow. So persona <laughs> was kind of like setting you up. It really the, was like really it was like persona vouched for you.
0: Yeah. You know, it's basically like I have to be very grateful for persona for that reason so
1: yeah that's pretty good so god i'm gonna have to we need to get patricia on the show we really uh, do i played more of this game uh because i need someone to talk to about this
0: yeah i think because
1: i am it's so weird it's 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 such a, it's such an unusual sort of game for me to play that i have difficulty articulating what i'm finding so fascinating about it um it's a very pastoral game in some ways. Sure. Like, as menacing as some of the story is, um, it's also just such a lean back kind of game. Yeah. Um, except for when it gets tense. Like, the other day, basically, I had one more shot to go through this dungeon and uh, rescue this character, um, uh, Yukiko. Uh, from this castle, where her uh, <laughs> Jungian alter ego yep. is is about to kill her, which is something else that I was not prepared for with this game. Like I thought it was about kids going like fighting demons or yeah, some there's,
0: shit. There's there's some fucked up stuff in there, as I've heard.
1: Yeah, instead it's all about like okay, well you have you have your personas which are which are positive, but then you have these uh these these dark sides, these Jungian uh like like dark sides uh that are destructive and if you don't if you reject them as part of yourself they kill you yep (laughs) and so it's like it's all about like kids just dealing with their self-doubt and like the parts about themselves they don't like and you go in there and you help them work through that yeah in a battle format
0: in a battlefield you know like you do right right
1: and it's 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 pretty laid back but at the same time like the other day it was the last day where we could rescue this character and i had totally screwed up in um <laughs> So you can you can create new personas. You can there's there's an entire like combo game that you can be playing, uh where you're cre- you're taking the uh basically the personas you've got in hand and crafting them into higher level and different personas. Like demon
0: fusion stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've played yeah. some of these not persona itself, but I've played a lot of the at least a few of the Shimigami Tensei games, which I know share some of their some of their elements there
1: i'm not even clear what the difference is between this series and shin megami tensei or whether they're, they're the same thing
0: i'm not clear on it either i just know they share dna <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> i don't know whose uh, child
0: is who and so, who. Like, someone's
1: gonna have to <laughs> write a letter a
0: cousin yeah
1: <laughs> but i completely botched it because in this dungeon uh as you went higher and higher level basically every 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 uh enemy you met Every other enemy you met was, like, sort of fire-based, mm-hmm. which meant you needed a ton of, like, ice powers yeah. to to really power through this through this dungeon. And in my last wave of crafting, uh, I created a lot of personas that didn't have any sort of ice abilities. Oh, at all. no. And so I just had to... I realized too late what I'd done, and I just had to sort of brute force my way through this dungeon, burning potions, um, using crap spells... Uh, just writing it out, trying to beat this dungeon, and if I didn't do it, uh, Yukiko was going to die, oh, no. and Her I would best have to friend, go back right? to.
0: That's, that's how it's all played up.
1: They're they're all super friends. Like okay, everyone right. loves them. everyone in this game loves each other. Oh, that's so um, cute. Yeah, yeah. So nice. it, it got a little tense there. I'm not gonna lie. Like as as, as chill as the series can be. Like when I realized, oh shit! Like my last save I think was four hours ago. Like my la- like my last other save before I indelibly screwed myself was four hours ago so if i blow this i'm probably gonna have to go back four hours and undo what i did and work through all this again so it got pretty tense uh in that last dungeon run Uh, but good news i I totally rescued yukiko
0: nice good work Uh,
1: everything is fine um she she's really more at peace with herself um as are we all and as am i
0: i'm so i'm so glad to hear that I, uh, God, being at peace with yourself really is a very special and difficult and tense battle in itself, I think. So it really helps when, <laughs> when video games are doing what they kind of should do and, and giving you something of value and, and relaxing and like feeling like you've overcome an obstacle and feeling good about the things that you've, that you've done. I find them helpful. Video games are are very therapeutic for me when they're actually working (laughs) and not just making me angry.
1: (laughs) Persona, it seems like it's it's pretty damn uh, therapeutic. But it's also just nice because it's like... Outside of those moments, it's just very positive and you don't have to be super invested. Like, I'm sitting back sort of like, you know, (laughs) half asleep on the couch, uh, you know, and it it it's easy to play like so many games that I get into tend to be sort of all consuming yeah uh either intellectually or just mechanically, and it's kind of nice to sort of you know kick back a little bit yeah and uh enjoy enjoy a less demanding kind of game, and so that's that that's part of it the The other thing going on with me right now is um I'm going through a lot of like back catalog stuff in addition to persona yeah. and It's dumb, like, I have a really nice PC and all this stuff, and I'm like, you know what I want to do is I want to play all the old stuff. Yeah. And I guess it's nice. You you can crank up all the detail and effects and everything. Like, you feel like a total, like, king of the (laughs) PC doing this, but uh, a lot of what I'm going through are not necessarily, like, the best of the best games. It's just old stuff that I've been curious about and, you know, taking a stab at it
0: you should y- it's good to do that that is a good thing to do i think especially especially because a lot of stuff that isn't like best of the best didn't get overhyped in a lot of ways yeah potentially so it's like you can actually go in with something approaching a fresh perspective as opposed to well this has the greatest meta score of all time or whatever bullshit and you know it has all that baggage attached to it basically
1: so besides uh, besides Zelda, like yeah. I'm curious, what else is what else characterizes your current gaming renaissance? Like what are and Zelda's kind of keeping you hostage, but like <laughs> what's the other stuff you're into right now and what's the other stuff you're excited to be getting into uh, once Zelda kind of relinquishes its hold?
0: Yeah, well, friend of the show, uh shoutouts to Amanda man Cosmos introduced me to near Automata the other day.
1: Oh, um, don't give in to the, don't give in to those people. Oh I it's Automata.
0: Auto whatever it is automata automata i don't even know i mean you know what auto mama there it is i, I did it my own way auto mama there you go. is uh and it's it's really cool it's a really really cool game it is both a really sort of fast-paced action game with some twin stick shooter influence as well as some sort of light platforming and other stuff going on mechanically um but it's the world that's so fascinating, and so stylish, and so different. It's, uh, so you're this android. In a world of androids, the fiction is bananas and wonderful. It is, you know, aliens came to the Earth, destroyed the Earth with giant robots that are not androids. Humans left, they fled to the moon, and created androids that look like humans and have emotions, even though they're supposed to suppress their emotions. And those androids were sent to defeat these robots, so there's this whole android society of people. Really, they're they're people. That's the thing, who have a lot of complex emotions and complex feelings and complex thoughts, but they're not human. So there's this whole sort of big question, you know, big sci-fi question about sort of personhood and what it means to be a person and what it means to be not human but also a person. And it's and it's in this sort of delicious layer cake of action and incredible style, and incredible costuming, and amazing animation, and just sort of a beautiful and weird vision of the world. A vision of a world that's all made of machines, but different types of machines with different sort of abilities, uh, intellectually speaking. And it's... God, it's so anime, too, at the same time. Like, it's, it's, you know, the heightened emotions of anime, as well as all of this stuff. And the fucking outfits from anime, as well as all this stuff. So it's... God, it's so fascinating. So I played the first little section, you know, under Amanda's guidance, and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed playing it. And then she started, she started showing me other parts of the game, uh, which was really, really cool. I won't, uh, you know, spoil anything. But there's just a lot of fascinating, visually arresting stuff going on. There's a lot of very beautiful, deconstructed and reconstructed spaces. Let's put it that way, on Earth, and the sort of android. Uh, base or whatever uh, that you sort of start out from has this incredible like 2001 meets Metropolis look to it. Like it's almost monochromatic. It's not 100% monochromatic, but almost with the dramatic lighting and the incredible architecture. And it's, God, it's so beautiful. I almost almost like it as much for its sort of style and thematic stuff as its gameplay. But I, I also found the gameplay very interesting. I'm not exactly great at it, but I definitely enjoyed it. So, maybe that's why I'm so eager to get off of Zelda Prison Island, uh, even though I love Zelda Prison Island so much, just because there's another island not too, too far away that is awesome and fascinating. And one of one of the coolest things about Nier, I, I will say this, is that there are something like 26 different endings and, uh, you know, apparently played through the game once, and then you you really should at least go through again because it's completely from another point of view, which I, I love that approach in any kind of storytelling. It's like, oh, the same general story, but completely framed uh, differently. And there's also a lot of little endings. Like, you can die in a certain way, and it's it's very funny. It's like, oh, did you do this thing? Well, then uh, roll credits, and then it's kind of cute in a way. There's a lot of humor there. I, I'm just really digging it. I haven't... Uh, so... Fully, fully yeah. dived in, but my my toe was dipped, and I would like I would like a full immersion baptism into this if I can pull myself away long enough. Basically,
1: yeah, I think um, you know Patrick wrote something uh, on on Waypoint about <laughs> basically how freaking depressing this game sounds. Oh, um, for with, sure, with <laughs> human with robots are trying to mimic human behavior. Um, and feeling like human sorrow for things that they couldn't ever experience uh it's it, i I don't know if I can handle that um, <laughs> but it sounds it sounds super good yeah. and yeah i'm 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 really excited by everything I've heard about this uh about this game and I think maybe something else that's happening to sort of spark this gaming renaissance is just. There's so much good stuff right now. Yeah. There's so much good stuff. Like <laughs> the reason I'm playing Persona 4 is related to the fact that Persona 5 is uh supposedly great. Yeah. Um the the hype around that is is extraordinary and it's not unfounded cuz the game's been out in Japan for quite a while yeah. uh, as I understand it. So it's not an unknown quantity, it's just it's it's something that's taken a while to make its way to us. Um you know, Nier is definitely near the top of <laughs> uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
1: near is very proximate to the top of my list uh of, of things i want to play and i was cool with like sort of that being the next thing i was going to tackle except that the other day um matt wise uh yes. the, who we both know from the mit game lab friend of the show uh, and, friend of the NYU, show Matt Wise, friend of the show um we still need to we, we still need to get him back to discuss uh now that we've got our format sort of set up we yeah. need to get him back for a proper episode because uh we had a hell of a conversation with him about System Shock One. We sure um, did. We were sort of workshopping what we we're going to do with the show. Um, but he just wrote a couple terrific essays on Resident Evil Seven. Mm, yes. And why it's so good and why it's returned to form for the series, but then also why the series itself is sometimes underappreciated uh, as the major cultural event that it actually was. Sure. Um, and but reading him on Resident Evil Seven immediately sort of caused that to rocket to the top of my list where i'm like oh i need to play that it's on sale this weekend maybe i need to dive into that haven't played resident evil since resident evil 2 but uh uh, no no, I, i played around a little bit before um but i haven't really played the series i don't think i've ever finished a resident evil game at all uh so i think something that's going on it's very easy to sort of fall back in love with games when it almost feels like everyone is getting swept up in how good the gaming is. (laughs) yeah. Like, I'm not sure I've seen a moment full of this much enthusiasm for good games uh, in quite some time. And it's making it really easy to get pumped up for whatever game you're about to play.
0: Yeah. It's nice. It's like, well, you know, the world is difficult politically and complicated and uh, maybe there's...
1: As the administration found out the other day.
0: Yeah, I, that's the thing. Like, I I wonder if we need this right now, and that's part of what's happening. I, I don't know. I, that's just a sort of a a thought. And I also don't want to. I don't. I don't want to jump into the trap of like, literally everything is because of our administration right now. There's there's yeah. a lot of things going on in the world that that are certainly related to that, but are not necessarily due to that. Uh, so I, I don't want to fall into that sort of either, but. It. I think it's. I think it's safe to say a lot of people are pretty depressed and distracted, uh, based on sort of the the way the world feels right now. So mm. maybe we do kind of collectively need amazing entertainment. I, I feel that way about mm. movies right now too, like especially when it was like Logan and Get Out, and
1: maybe those are.
0: Maybe those are the two, but yeah, for, for are... a minute, you know
1: <laughs> Which are also pretty political.
0: Yes, they are. Uh, they absolutely are.
1: I mean, I guess Well now I'm worried now we... now you got me worrying that this this magical moment that we're experiencing is the start of our internal exile, which is also not good. <laughs> oh no. I'm like, oh man, the world's <laughs> difficult and horrible. Oh, uh, but it's okay in Inaba. <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's it's okay and mm, I don't even know if it's hyrule. I guess it is in, in Breath of the Wild. I, it's like post 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 apocalyptic hyrule so it's some that version works. of hyrule. I had to think there for a second.
1: Yeah, I uh that that could be That probably is a a part of it that people are more invested in In sort of escapism, Uh, it's certainly true that these
0: games are also very good. Like it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it might just be you know fortuitous that hey things things kind of suck for many 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 complicated reasons right now, and uh, hey it sure helps that our entertainment is so fucking good right now. I don't think it's like none of these games are actually sort of thought up. In the last year, it's taken years for a lot of the bigger budget games to be made, obviously. So it's not just, like, a response to anything. It just happened to happen this way. Maybe.
1: Well, should we move on to uh, uh yes. our, our weekend correspondence? <laughs> Sorry. On, I'm that, like, on that cheerful note?
0: Like, mm, maybe everything's terrible. Yes, I think on that note, uh, we should move right on to weekend correspondence. And I will, uh, I will read our first letter, which comes in from Alberto uh, in San Diego, California. <clears throat> Alberto writes, Hey DNR, I'm writing in to ask, Where are the historically authentic action RPG games? When I finished Witcher 3, possibly my favorite game ever, all I could think of is how I wish somebody would put that talent and effort towards make, creating an authentic depiction of, say, ancient Rome, or ancient Pompeii and Roman life in the early Empire. Yes, there are enjoyable games that use historical settings, such as Assassin's Creed and any number of strategy games. I find these games tend to use history more as set dressing than as setting, though. They also often revert to popular stereotypes of whatever period or society they are depicting. Kingdom Come Deliverance is the only RPG currently in production that I'm aware of which seems to be going for as much authenticity as possible, and I'm quite excited for it. Considering the popularity of history as a subject, where are all the others? I'm guessing the answer has a lot to do with things like marketing and a lack of time-slash-money to do the requisite research. I would still like to hear your thoughts on the subject. Would these sorts of games even interest you? And we've got, we've got a cool uh, PS in here as well from Alberto. PS. Regarding generals who retired-slash-died-of-old-age-after-long-successful-careers, there are plenty of famous ones. Just off the top of my head, uh, as a Romanist, there is Siccio Africanus... Scipio Africanus? Scipio. Scipio. All right. Augustus. uh, So uh, Scipio Africanus was 53. Augustus, 75. That's very impressive. Uh, I'm editorializing. Back to the letter. Trajan, 63. And Constantine the Great, 65. To this meteoric rise and fall trope, the longer you fight and the more powerful people you piss off, the larger the chances are it'll end badly. In the last few 3MA podcasts, Rob and guests have brought up a random chance, and the ancients knew well that luck had a lot to do with winning wars. Julius Caesar literally said the die is cast when crossing the Rubicon. Statistically, the more you have to roll the dice, the worse your odds get of not rolling badly in the long run, no matter how well you've prepared or how much skill you have. So the generals, like Napoleon, who are constantly pushing their luck, are probably the ones most likely to have it all come crashing down. Oh Good. All right, that's a really good point and uh i am i i like to think of myself as a very incredibly junior student of history who is very eager to learn more so i would love uh games that that actually really do historical settings uh with you know with honor and decency and and you know really doing their the their homework i suspect uh, the 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 biggest hurdle to that is budget and also the fact that a game that's really, truly authentic and and sets you as, you know, a person who lived in many medieval societies is that it wouldn't be much fun, <laughs> that, uh, you know, your life would be short and brutish and so on and so forth, or maybe you're a merchant and you sell fish and there's kind of not much else you do other than sell fish and die of a plague when you're 37. I don't know. I mean, I'm being flippant right now, but I, I do suspect... The kind of budget that you would need to recreate a full sort of working, beautiful city with NPCs and that kind of RPG, you're going to go with very accessible and and for want of a better word, uh, mass market gameplay than something that's like, no, I really I really want to get a very clear meditation of what life was truly like for people in this era or this society uh, and, and folks who might want to do that and do it, uh, you know, with with that sort of level of authenticity, probably aren't working with that kind of budget. So that would be my suspicion. Doesn't mean I don't want it to happen. And it doesn't mean that it couldn't happen in, in like a smaller setting. You know, you could certainly make something like that with a very small budget in in Unity or even Game Maker. Uh, it just probably wouldn't be a, you know, vast, glorious, perfectly lit 3D city. It might be a 2D depiction, that kind of thing, sprite art, uh, but it, it could certainly be done, I, you know. I want to do that i want to play as an ancient egyptian i want to i want to hang out with uh you know with those folks and and see what daily life was like and you know learn more about the religion and mythology and so on and so forth
1: i think something else that creates some problems around this is for a lot of people those stereotypes are what make it feel convincing yeah, sure. Like we talk about this a lot on 3MA, uh, which is that to an extent people won't believe it's historical if they don't see the things they know about a period. The represented Hollywood depiction. In a game, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or it doesn't have to be that Hollywood necessarily. It's just they want to see the more well known aspects of something uh represented. And yeah, frequently that is Hollywood, but sometimes it's 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 not. But nevertheless, like it means that You know if you're going to make something feel historically accurate you're going to have to deliver the stereotype at least once um otherwise people will be asking like well why didn't you include uh include that part so if you're making a game about uh the french revolution it's going to be a lot of stuff about uh the committee for public safety and uh you know the the reign of terror and uh you know robespierre and all these really familiar things that people know about the french revolution um and What's going to get left out of a a lot of it are maybe lesser known aspects of it, right? Maybe the, the, you know the fact that it wasn't always this fever pitch um, yeah. tale of two cities uh, <laughs> style. Uh, living through it wasn't this, wasn't necessarily this like you know always cranked up to eleven vision of the French Revolution. Like sort of, you know life goes on as it often does. But unless you have uh, a guillotine set up in the player's eye line where executions are going on. It's going to be like, well, where the hell's the real French Revolution? <laughs> uh, so I I think that's you know that's that's a real hurdle. Is that a lot of times an effort to be historically accurate is going to create something that doesn't uh, feel right to people. Um, so I think that's that that that's a major obstacle, and I don't know uh, how easily you can overcome it. I think The Witcher kind of does by locating itself to a fantasy world right yes yeah where the witcher is absolutely about you know medieval you know poland ukraine and the baltic state like it's 100 percent about like that that portion of Eastern europe uh that sort of lies between like western poland and uh uh it's it lies between western poland and uh you know western western russia mm-hmm. um but it's able to sort of do justice to this place and time by going to a world where it can always make up its own rules and be internally consistent. Yeah. So I think that's that's a big part of it. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of there, there's a lot of settings that would be you know awesome to to see people explore more. Like you know where's uh. It'd be cool to see a modern take on Darklands, uh, for instance, the, mm. the 30 Years War uh, RPG, uh, which sort of wove in uh, fantasy elements. Um, but yeah, see, seeing it done an like Assassin's Creed or or Witcher level would be tough. Yeah.
0: And do you have any other cool settings or interesting settings that you would love to, just personally, that you would love to see?
1: Oh, gosh. Um yeah, I mean again, like due to the Last Express, uh, you know, I've always had a fascination with like Ro- Europe uh sort of just before the outbreak of uh World War 1. Sure, yeah. Um I mean, I'm a big I'm a big fan of that um less a fan of the early Roman Empire, but the late Republic. Um sure. I, I I do like an awful lot. Um Oh, and you know, Periclean Athens. Uh, is a a favorite is a favorite territory for me
0: i i am very very interested in i I would so love a witcher uh set in a world of sort of greek mythology that would be oh god that'd be amazing (laughs) like that that sort of level of 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 writing and and uh just using sort of the the other you know monsters and gods and so on and so forth would be really really fun uh, for me, I'm also really interested in a lot of, um, I don't know, I, I, I just want to know more about a lot of yeah. Russian history, I, like early, same general period just before World War One, sort of Russian history. I'm, I'm fascinated. Yes, pre-revolution yeah. uh, Russian history. I don't know much about it, you know, just little bits and pieces of media here and there, uh, and that's part of why I, I'm I'm a little bit fascinated by it, and just man, that would be cool. <laughs> I would love to see that done with uh, some fidelity fantasy yeah, world, a, you know, a, fa- a fantasy world where these games get made, not even a fantasy world in the game. <laughs> that'd be Yeah, cool. no,
1: that's actually, that, that's a good poll. That's another play, th- place I would love to sort of see a game set would be like, you know, Russia during all these convulsions yeah. and maybe something that takes you up through uh, the Bolshevik revolution. God, uh, that'd be, that'd be great. It'd be so rad. Um, I'm a little pressed for time. Let's skip the second letter All till right. next week and uh, go to weekend uh, weekend projects.
0: That sounds great. So, uh, yeah. What what are you doing? What are you reading? What are you playing? What's uh, what's getting you excited right now?
1: Oh, man. Well, last week we talked about the Dead Space series.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I whim, I reinstalled Dead Space.
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: And keeping with the theme of, like, lowered expectations and leaning back. Yeah. Uh... Boy, Dead Space is a lean back kind of game. Uh, I described it on Twitter as uh, Dead Space is if uh, System Shock Two fell asleep in a hammock, <laughs> and I stand by that. I think like it's it's got all the same beats, yeah. Like all of them. It's it's you know you go you go to this this uh, the the, Ishi- the Ishimura this this planet cracking mining super ship. And, oh, no, it's not responding to hails. Better land on it. Oh, no, we crash landed so we can't leave. And then, oh, whoa, crazy. Why are all the rooms covered in blood and, like, gory (laughs) writing and no one is around? And it's just, it's hitting every single beat. Like, literally, the first thing you have to do is go to the medical ward to find a dead ship's officer to get a key so you can go do something else. Um. Yep. and it's all like this is all the stuff you do in this genre like <laughs> Alien Isolation hits the same beats yeah. um, System Shock hit the same beats and yet I just it's not that, not that I don't care it's sometimes it's really reassuring to play or read or watch something that it's only ambition is to competently hit the correct notes for the genre. Sure, sure. It's not trying to subvert anyone's expectations. It's not trying to overturn them or, or really even surprise you that much beyond the sort of, you know, boo, jump scare type surprises. All it wants to do is use that classic motif of a group of dumbasses mm-hmm. on a derelict space station or ship.
0: It's something went terribly wrong. Yeah. Yep.
1: And you have to puzzle out what went wrong while trying to... Restore parts of the ship's functions long enough for you to make your escape and warn the outside world. Oh, I That's love it. all it wants to do. Yep. It does it perfectly well. It's not that scary because it's all so familiar. <laughs> sure. It's not that hard because as we ta- discussed last week. You can just shoot everything like. <laughs> Oh no, what's a, it's a monster. What do I do? You shoot it. You shoot it. You shoot face. it like the other ones. <laughs> Not the face. No, that's that's it's great twist. Oh, that's right. You shoot right. the limbs no off.
0: No headshots. That's right. You had to shoot the limbs off. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, and so a lot of times just like, oh, just cut this leg off." All right, it's it's like you're it's like you're carving up a chicken as, as you try to kill <laughs> these things. And about as intimidating. But I just don't care. I'm like I want Alien Isolation is sort of a grinding level of terror. Oh, yeah. Like, it wants to break you down. You are being hunted. It's not predictable. You can't fight. Um, it's just, like, oozing with menace. And it's more effective because it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a better horror game. Yeah, really, yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 it's drawing from the masterpiece of sci-fi horror. Dead Space isn't as effective, but in a weird way that also makes it a lot easier to play. Sure, like yeah. I just Dead Space, play for an hour or two. What the hell? Like it's not that scary. Whereas Alien, after like fifteen minutes, I'm like, oh god, oh god, I hear it out there. Oh god, what's <laughs> yeah. what's in the what's in the vents? I can't handle it. So yeah, uh, that's uh, that's what I'm up to this weekend. If you it, like, if you if you're feeling the need for like an effective like scary ish horror game. That hits a lot of genre notes, but actually isn't that hard and actually isn't that scary. Dead Space is it, man.
0: You are selling me so fucking hard on this right now. Like, I, I really want to go play it this minute. Like, I could even put Zelda aside for an hour and play this and be like, I just want to be on a scary spaceship, man. I want to be a cheesy fucking scary spaceship. <laughs> that sounds great.
1: Oh, it is. Like... The first thing you go into the room and there's the blood everywhere and there's the locked security door. They're like, hey, Isaac, go through that door and get on the other side of this big partition from the rest of us. (laughs) Push that button and we'll see what happens.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I do know. I mean, I I obviously like the level of cheese. I haven't played much of it, to be honest, but I've always wanted to because it's, you know, it's totally my jam. I just, for whatever reason, uh, it came out like 2008, I think. I think I still was sort of uh, on the not playing a ton of games beat. I was just playing sort of my Wii and my 3DS at that point, or DS, I think, even at that point. But, uh yeah. I think the levels, like the first letter of each level, spells out a, a spoiler about the game, like a, the end game spoiler, what? the twist. Yeah, it's real. Oh, good. come on! It's real good, okay. like that. Yep. Yep. So I'm a. Uh, i am I really want to play it now. So I, you know, on that note of things that that really are just hitting uh, genre beats that you love, I played a a free demo and actually a very very sort of meaty little game in itself. Uh, it's meant to be sort of a first chapter of a longer game that someone is working on. Uh, the creator's name is Yutzi, and the game is called Norco Faraway Lights. It is a cyberpunk adventure game. So tell me if you've heard this one before, with like eighties textures and synth, you know, synths and neon, what? and it's about
1: eighties, and
0: it's about robots and AI and personhood and you know, fucked up corporations that are ruining things for people.
1: Is pixel art involved anywhere? Pixel
0: art is so involved on every level. But here's the cool twist about this game. It is a rural cyberpunk adventure. This is set in rural Louisiana.
1: Um, And so there's
0: a whole lot of these corporations in the cities really fucked us over here. And there's pollution, there's androids, you know, drowned in swamps. There's this whole aspect of decay and sort of rural culture and sort of folks who are into technology, and into, you know, the modern world, but are living on the fringes of that world, in, in sort of semi in nature, and semi in this sort of polluted state. So it actually reminded me a little bit of, of like a cyberpunk night in the woods, is sort of the way I, I was I was doing the meets meets for that, which it, for me is like, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, it's really, really well written, uh, sort of along those lines as well. And it's, oh God, it's, it's doing all the cool, you know, Blade Runner-y stuff, but also with that nice that twist that actually that adds a lot of different perspective and depth to it. So really, really recommend this for folks who like sort of text-based adventure games, but they're graphical but text-based. You know, there's the interface is mostly you're looking at a more or less static screen uh, with beautiful pixel art that's sort of showing you the, the place you're at, you know, with the little person's face that you're talking to in the, in the window. And then, you know, you're, you're making a lot of text decisions, basically. It's awesome, and I highly recommend it for, you know, especially if you want, like, a good, like, 30, 45 minutes of an awesome fucking story and, like, a good, like, just a good adventure. I highly, highly recommend that game. So that's what I've been up to. And I think on that note, it's time for us to head out and enjoy our weekends and our our beautiful, delicious uh, genre comfort food. This episode of Idle Weekend was produced by yours truly and is hosted on the Idle Thumbs Network.
1: You can learn more about Idle Weekend at IdleWeekend.net and send us questions for our weekend correspondence at questions at IdleWeekend.net. To keep up with the latest from us, follow us on on Twitter at IdleWeekend.
0: And we really do appreciate you spending time with us, and we also really appreciate it if you'd take a second and rate us on iTunes, and if you would tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your parents, tell your Android that you found at the bottom of the swamp all about us. Anybody that you think might enjoy our podcast, word of mouth helps us so, so much and we really, really do appreciate it. So thank you, and for Rob Zachney, this is Danielle Riendo, wishing you the finest of idle weekends.